When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, college football fans. Welcome to another edition of Urban's Take, featuring three-time national championship winning coach Urban Meyer, along with yours truly, Tim May. I'm the prompter. But Urban Meyer, here we are, man. It's a uh, conference championship weekend. Uh, we've gotten here so far. And uh, uh, just what's your take right now? Where are you guys, by the way? Big noon kickoff this weekend. A uh, couple of big-time uh, championship games out there. Where are you guys HQ'd? Yeah, we're uh, we're out in Vegas. We've got the Pac-12 championship, which got uh, huge ramifications. If USC wins, they're in the playoff. To think uh, the job that they've done, the coach and the players, to completely transform a, transform a team. And they are really, really good defensively. They are some weaknesses, but they've gotten better even on defense. But their quarterback's a monster. You know, I've really, the last few weeks, studied them quite a bit. Caleb Williams will probably win the Heisman. Um you know, it's amazing the transfer portal, you know, which is relatively new phenomena. Uh, but this isn't, this is, it did it for Michigan State a year ago and it did it for USC this year. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get into that game in a minute because as much as you just ballyhooed uh, USC, they have one loss this year and it's to Utah and your buddy Kyle Whittingham, a, a, a man you turned over the reins to when you moved on from Utah to Florida. We'll get into all that. You, you seem to have tentacles everywhere if you follow my drift. Uh, but before we talk about the conference championship game, uh, uh, you were impressed with Michigan all year. Then it's the Michigan-Ohio State showdown, unbeaten versus unbeaten, number two Ohio State versus number three Michigan at home for Ohio State. And uh, nobody, you know, nobody questions where your heart lies in that one. Were you stunned leaving the stadium on Saturday? Were you more impressed by Michigan than ever before? Uh, what can you say uh, that doesn't include expletives? Well, I've been a Buckeye since since you could be able to say Buckeye, but I also grew up in the Bo Schembechler era. And and um, not many people know, but I actually had a provision in my contract at Utah that I could leave for three jobs. And it was Ohio State, Notre Dame, and the Wolverines. And just because of respect. Now, I didn't say like, and especially when you're the head coach at Ohio State, it's much stronger than a dislike. It's a hatred. You know, it's a... Uh, and it's a fear. You know, I, I, I can say this now. I really didn't say it much then, but I operated under the case of fear that because I am such a, you know, I, I mean, the former players are, are heroes to me, the former coaches. The, I couldn't have had a better life growing up than in the great state of Ohio. So yeah. I always felt indebted to everyone. And it falls on your shoulders and Coach Day's feeling it. I will say this, Coach, Coach Day's got a great program. You know, you, there, there's easy to see if there's cracks in the foundation. And I've seen it. I, it's happened to me where you start, you know, you have staff issues. You have um, recruiting issues. You have academic issues. You have legal issues. And Brian does it. Brian's a great football coach. He's got that thing humming. They lost a game. And it's a game you can't lose. So you, what do you do? You work hard to not lose that game. But don't let, let's, you know, I my phone blows up and you start hearing just chaos. And that. Yeah, but that happens. You know, that's part of that. You know, when too much is given, much is expected. 
Ohio State, you know, once again, I'm very biased. Best job in the country. By the way, the Wolverines are traditionally one of the great programs in America, too, and they got a great coach and great players. Yeah. And they won. Yeah. They're back, though, for sure, right? I mean. Well, that's, they're, a, they're a line of scrimmage team, and, and you know how I feel about that is that, yeah. you know, they, they dominate the line of scrimmage every game this year. Now, at times, their quarterback struggled, and boy, did he, he had the game of his life. Oh. And we're going to talk about that on Big Noon Kickoff. I'm um, actually showed a couple plays that the quarterback position, Tim's the most unique position in all the sport. And you have to be the most competitive. You have to be the toughest guy uh, that there is. And I really believe that. He's a competitor. He showed on third down and three from the three-yard line. Yeah. They ran the Q sweep, and he got hit on the one-yard line. And he got in there. That's JT Barrett type stuff. That's, yeah. you know, to me, that's the toughness that uh, he showed. Um, and he's a young player. He's around for a while. So he yeah. earned a lot of respect of the country and his teammates. It was pretty funny. He ran in front of his blocker and ran into the guy. The guy was going to block and scored the touchdown. I give it up to J.J. McCarthy. He had a day, without a doubt. A day. And I was going to ask you this. Put yourself in Ryan Day's shoes. But, my man, you're the only coach in Ohio State history, I do believe, with an extended service, let's put it that way, that never lost to Michigan. So you don't really know. You went 7-0 again. You don't really know how that feels, right? I mean, you don't know what – I don't know. I don't, I guess the weight there is there to bear, right? I mean, what would be in your, your encouragement, I guess, to Ryan Day and the Buckeyes, because as we're going to discuss, they're still in this thing based on what happens pretty much Friday night where you are there in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think they, they, and I've heard they are, they're game planning for Georgia. You know, they're, you know, you got a job to do. If yep. they show up, they have the talent to go win this whole thing. You know, we, we witnessed that in 14 that, it's so much more than talent. It's also this team that's like this starts to come like this. And that's what, you know, Cardell Jones. So, you know, they're doing the right things. You know, Ryan Day, you know, I know he's a young coach and it's what fourth year, but he's yeah. a, I sat there from day one. He is elite in everything he does. So keep steady in the boat, lean on your leaders, leaders in the locker room and leaders on your coaching staff and focus on the task at hand. Task at hand right now is recruiting making sure your team sticks together and get ready. If you get the number called to go play in that playoff, you, you go win it. If Utah beats USC is, is Ohio state deserving to be that fourth team in the yes. playoff? What, TCU, why, why, in your opinion? Uh, they're the most talented, second most talented team in the country. Uh, they were dominant on both sides of the ball. They had a bad game, a bad game, but move on, move on. So yeah, if, uh, if TCU or USC loses, Ohio State is playing Georgia. I actually had the Wolverines number one this year, this week. You know, I think the committee's job is to go week to week. The performance I saw against Ohio State, they're the best team in the country right now. Yeah. Second half, they went out and took it, just like yeah. the year before. I mean, something to be said for that, man. And Ohio State really had one bad half when you really get back down to because they're leading at halftime, et cetera. Hey, um, I actually just watched it this morning in detail. They were having their way in the first half. Yeah. You know, they had, uh, I want to say, almost 50 plays in the first half. You know, not enough points for that many plays, but they were controlling the line of scrimmage. They were running. They were balanced. Um, and the second half, it, it, the Wolverines did a nice job. Isn't it funny, though, before we move on, Urban, how Michigan hit two huge pass plays in that first half. One was a 10-yard hitch that the guy took for a touchdown, but – Michigan 
Ohio State went after Michigan to stop that run game. Michigan countered with, what the heck, we're going to throw the ball. And they attacked the what we have all thought was the weakest part of this defense all year long for Ohio State, that secondary on 50-50 balls, et cetera. And, uh, wow, that that's actually pretty good strategy when you think about it, right? And Ohio State's got to really address that before this before he gets another shot, right? Yeah, and, and the Wolverines had trouble. You know, the, their downfield passing attack was uh, just the P, PFF, the the statistics on that. We, we Once again, we did this all on our big noon kickoff that yep. the ability for the Wolverine receivers to separate and for J.J. McCarthy to deliver the ball in tight windows, he's an excellent thrower on the run all season long, but he from the pocket, deep passes, he really struggled. And I think Jim Knowles went into the game saying, we're going to force him to go beat us. And then the first half, you know, he kept – if they don't complete those two balls, I think yep. Ohio State's up by two, three scores at halftime. Yep. But, but he did. And give him credit. And the one touchdown was not a pressure. It was actually his own coverage where yep. he turned the safety around. But once again, he hit him in stride. And you've seen that throughout the year that he wasn't doing that. So, J.J. McCarthy became, you know, in the Wolverine Nation, the legend that day. Uh, and, you know, but I always say, you know, zone coverage uh, melts down to man to man finally in the final analysis. And sure. uh, the, the you take the fake to the outside, boom, you leave the guy inside. You have you have no <coughs> safety help. It's funny. You got three safeties on the field and you have no safety help. Right. <laughs> That's it. Once you get on the second level, it, it becomes man within your zone. Oh, yeah. Uh, get me excited here. Get me excited about Georgia, LSU and Michigan, Purdue. Why is there a chance there? And you know what I'm talking about for the underdog. I mean, just, you know, this, this year, just when we thought we knew what was going to happen in college football, something flipped the script. You you had Purdue flip the script on you a long time ago. I'm not bringing up bad memories. That's one of the few losses you had at Ohio State. Uh, you know, obviously LSU flipped the script on Alabama uh, and then gets beat by Texas A&M last week. Go figure. Uh, why should people think there's a shot there for pure chaos this weekend? Well, you always look to the, the program, the leadership, and you say, okay, the head coach, coordinators, then obviously you go right to the quarterback position. And and when you get to this level of football, can you how's the line of scrimmage? Because now talent becomes somewhat equated. You know, when you're playing teams, you're much better than. Yeah. Uh, so when you see LSU and Georgia, Georgia's the most talented team in the country, but LSU's got good players. They always will. They always will. I think they got a heck of a coach in Brian Kelly, uh, time-tested. He's a winner. Um, you know, they at times don't look very good, like they lost AM, but they can hang in there. Uh, Georgia's going to, you know, you're the re defending champions. We've been there. You start to play tight with a lot of pressure because they've been told anything other than back to back national titles, you're a failure. Yes. So there's a chance of that, but I, I still see Georgia in this one. And then the, the Purdue, Jeff Braum is not a good coach. I think he's an excellent coach. I think Purdue's got you know, one of the best coaches out there. I think his game planning, I think he's tough. So his teams play tough. He's taken a walk-on quarterback and made him a very good player. He's taken transfers from Iowa and made two, had these two good receivers now. And mm -hmm. so he is very capable of an upset. You think about the Wolverines had a couple really close games this year. If yep. they play like they did against Ohio State, this is a three-score game. If they don't, it's going to be a street fight. Wow. All right, speaking of street fights, TCU, Kansas State, you've been a disciple of TCU. Maybe that's not the correct term, but, you know, it's a little too biblical there. But you've been an advocate of TCU since you first got to watch them 
face to face or live. Uh, uh, how much of a challenge do they face against a, a, what looks like is going to be a pretty healthy Kansas State? Maybe I'm wrong about that. Haven't got the latest update, but uh, uh, TCU seems to be that 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 charm team of 2022. What's your take on that game? Yeah, we've got to watch TCU quite a bit. The first time I saw them, I thought they were a really good team, but to start saying they're a playoff team, their defense wasn't good. You know, and their yeah. their offense, their quarterback Duggan is tough as nails. Uh, but since then, they've been a top four team. They Jay went down to Austin, Texas, and intimidated, out hit, out played uh, Texas at in Austin, and then they took Iowa State, a very good defensive team, and and beat them senseless. Yeah, um, they're not the biggest team. They're not. You're not going to see a bunch of NFL draft picks. The receiver Quinton is one of Quinton. Johnson's one of the best. Yeah. Duggan's a tough nut, tough out. But what they are, extremely well coached. And I used to always tell teams get those, those, uh, uh, the chemistry, a team that uh, won't be beat, can't be beat. What I mean by that, the mentality is I don't care the score. We've had a couple of those teams, a team that, you know, you just, we're going to win this game. The mentality is give us the ball. We're going to go win this game. Yeah. They did that at uh, Baylor right in front of our eyes in a tough environment. And I, you know, you kind of, everybody knew it. And I said, if they get this ball back, I, this TCU, they're going to win the game. So uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in TCU. I think they win this game, but I'm, I tell you what, this is going to be a great big 12 championship game is a must watch. I think it's going to be two really, it's going to be really well played. They're both well coached. They're both really tough teams and Kansas state's healthy. And it's, uh, I think the point spread is very close. So it's yeah. going to be a tough Hey, real quick, if if TCU was to lose this game, a lot of people are advocating this. If it's a close loss, there are some people who think TCU should still be in that top four in the final analysis. Do you – of course, you know, you'd have to look at who's who's in the pool, right? Right. Do you agree with that idea? That Have I they had that – because they've beaten ranked team, more ranked teams than anybody, maybe the best strength of schedule out there. Yeah, I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be – that's the committee, which I go back to. you got to watch the videotape and – you know, on the committee, sometimes I look and, you know, they're all great people and they're volunteering their time and all that. But, you know, when they start watching tape, you know, what are you watching? You know, yeah. your athletic director, your, you know, I, I don't have it in front of me on who's on the committee. I think there's only two coaches. Uh, but, you know, it'd be like me reading medical school yeah. applic applications. You know, I don't know what I'm looking at. So, yeah. you know, I think statistically they'll look at stats. But once again, you're you're playing different teams. There's a lot to look at, but the one thing you have to look at is the video. And I think, I just think Ohio State has better players, uh, but I'm a TCU fan. If it's a close game, I, I want, I'd have to really, you know, I'm not asked to make that decision, but if, if TCU loses, I, I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to sit down and watch tape as if I'm a committee member and say, who is the better team? Wow. Uh, real quick before we move on to the checkmate moment. Uh, does your man Kyle Whittingham have it in him and Utah to beat USC two times in 2022? And I ask that because it's very difficult to beat a team two times uh, in the same season. Uh, and you, you know, I always you and I talked a couple of weeks ago about Ohio State and Michigan playing back to back. Are you kidding me? That could be yeah. coming in the in the revamp Big Ten, et cetera. But he almost started playing the, uh, you know, the the uh, small the David versus Goliath card this week, but then he backed out of it because he realizes he is 
he has built Utah into one of the Goliaths, right? I mean, uh, Utah is a very viable threat to USC's run to a college football playoff berth, isn't it? Oh, they certainly are. And they have very good players. They're not all healthy at running back right now. Yeah. So that's, we're going to remain to be seen, but uh, they did it before. You know, I, I made this comment, you know, I'm not a gambler, but if I was, I would not bet against Kyle Winningham ever. That's how much respect I have for him. And when I say him, I mean, everybody in that program, you Yeah, know, he's a reflection of that program. And when programs are built on toughness, you know, that's a good thing. And he's a tough coach. He's a tough, they play tough. They, and they're a line of scrimmage team. And, yeah. and once again, once you start getting these championship level games, you know, yeah, I know USC can throw it all over the field and all that, but the, you know, I, I'm just a believer. You got to be balanced and you got to be able to run the ball and stop the run. And how do you do that with toughness when you start getting to these level games and, uh, I still think USC probably wins this thing, but I think it's going to be a fight. I think early, even early in the game, I think USC will, you know, they'll they'll get a jump on on Utah. But just watch the the you know just the internal drive of a team like Utah will stay there and they'll keep fighting. That's what they did when they beat them. Yeah, just kept hanging in there. I watched that that tape as well, and you're watching the game and thinking USC is going to blow them out. But then they just they start they make a red zone stop here, a red zone stop there, get a turnover, a score, and all of a sudden you're within a striking distance, and that's when teams like well coached teams like Utah finish it. Yeah, that's what uh, Jim Harbaugh had a great quote after the game on Saturday uh, uh, about Michigan when Michigan you know beat Ohio State, but he just said you know any stop is like gold, you know any stop in a game like that against an Ohio State kind of like offense is gold, and any stop against USC would be gold on Friday night for uh, Utah, that's for sure. All right, checkmate moment. The one I came up with was uh, Ohio State leads 20-17 uh, to 17 at the half. They come out in the second half. Michigan gets the ball. Michigan has, has hit two big touchdown passes to stay in the game. And here Michigan at mid, basically at midfield, and uh, Colston Loveland comes out of the slot. Uh, Ohio State's back off into somewhat of a zone. But two receivers kind of run into each other and bring the defenders with them. And then Loveland just breaks free down the right sideline. Uh, Lathan Ransom was his coverage guy, it looked like. Uh, but Loveland's got, you know, four, three, four, five yards on him. And J.J. McCarthy delivers a strike, 24 to 20. Hmm. Uh, Ohio State never leads again. You know, those are the kind of moments. I mean, yeah, it was early in the third quarter, but – that just set the tone for the for the second half, didn't it? It did. And and there was three big plays in that second half that were checkmate moments. You know, right? We got within a one-score game. Yeah. And 75 yards later, Donovan Edwards crosses the goal line, now it runs a safety. There was another goal line mo or uh, checkmate moment when we were in fourth and nine or fourth and ten. And when you watch the tape, it looks like we had a fake punt call that would have and uh, Coach Harbaugh saw acknowledged it. Yeah, I mean, Gutsy called big time call and there missed assignment. The snapper snapped at the punter, and we're lucky. With, uh, Buckeyes are lucky they didn't get a block. So those kind of games, man. I mean, that's why you know coaches like me, or, or you know, coaches in general, just you you lose sleep. You're like, did we cover this? Do we cover it enough? Because you can't say, okay, it's the players. You just never say it's a player's fault. Did we cover that enough? Because this situation, you can't, you drive yourself crazy. You can't cover every situation. But those checkmate moments, there are three big plays in the second half. And then when Ohio State 
on I was first and 35 got it within striking distance in the in the plus area and then we put the ball out of the goal line to me that when they drove it 80 yards that was a that was a 14 point flip yeah. in my mind oh yeah absolutely Urban, do you do you miss being on the sideline? Do you, do you want to coach again? And are you having to turn down offers? I mean, what's going on, man? I miss uh, the players. I miss coaching, but I don't want to do it. Um, I really enjoy what I'm doing now and living a life and healthy and and you know, I just it's someone else's turn to go do it. And uh, so, no, no desire. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Urban Meyer. You know, we're going to be back next week. We're going to figure this college football playoff uh pairings out did they get it right i mean i mean the only thing they can do is screw it up right now because right now it's etched in stone unless somebody falls but if three or four fall urban they will really earn their hors d'oeuvres trays right that they're getting in that dallas hotel right yeah you know and jerry dinardo who's a great friend and such a great uh, you know ambassador for college football this is a billion dollar industry and you got a bunch of volunteers sitting in a room deciding you know, and, and I'm once again, I'm, I'm not being overly critical because I know a lot of them. They're great people. And, but you're making a decision that's pretty monumental. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just keep thinking there's got to be a better way. You know, there's got to be a, you know, you're trying to, you know, be diverse enough around the country to have the right people in there. But, you know, the bottom line, you have to get the best four best teams in that playoff. And who has a qualification to do that? That's what you keep asking yourself. So they, they're going to earn their stripes. Uh, the amount of time that this takes, because I've talked to people on the committee, it's enormous. Yeah. The amount of time it, it takes away from your real job. And they're not receiving, you know, they're not being compensated for it. So there's so many good things about it, but you just get worried. And I, I was on, we are on the back end of that thing a couple of times. I think our 2015, you watch the tape. We're, yeah. Lost a, we lost a, in a rainstorm to Michigan State. We were one of the four best teams in the country. Oh, There's yeah. no question. Yeah. But that that team was better than the year before, in my opinion. It was a matured version of 2014, which won the first college football playoff championship. Real quick, I, you know, you just brought me something before we sign off here. You benefited at Florida from the BCS formula in 2006. Just kept hammering, you know, hung in there. Kept, I mean, yeah, would you advocate going back to something like that? I mean, a formula that I don't know. I mean, uh, what would be your take on that? I get asked it a lot, and I don't know, Tim. I, I I'd hate to give just yeah. uneducated uh, conversation. We benefited in fourteen when when the committee picked us over TCU yes. and because we I kept the first string in probably longer than I should, and we kept scoring, which. You know, is that the right thing to do? I have an obligation to the players first, the university second. And I, I, I did what I thought was right. Sportsmanship and all that, was it necessarily right? Or putting players in harm way when they didn't have to? You had to get in that championship game. So there's a lot of flaws, but there's also, you know, you can focus on the flaws always, or you can focus on the greatness right now. And it's pretty good. It's pretty great what's going on. Yeah, I agree 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Urban Meyer with Urban's Take. Uh, we'll be back next week, like I said, to chop up uh, the college football playoff rankings. Until then, Urban, uh, we'll see you then. Thanks, Tim.